uh, Pastor Steve did start off with something very interesting. If you can remember the topic on Sunday, which was what? A faith what? Filled thoughts. A faith filled thoughts. And we're going to take up from there, from, but from a very different dimension, but still on the subject of faith. As he started off on Sunday, he did mention something very interesting. When he said, this season is the season where God has promised that we'll be led and we'll also what? Be blessed. So if God is promising us the blessing of whatsoever our heart is set upon, it is also important to note that we also have a responsibility to play, to bring God's word to fulfillment, which is expected after all of every Christian. And so for him to bring up this subject, it's one way of God reminding us that we also have a responsibility to do or to play as Christians. And the subject of faith, we know it's one of the arsenals of every Christian. Whether you're starting from a young believer to a medium-age believer to an adult believer, all those processes requires a minimum of faith. And that is why Jesus said, if you will have faith like a what? A monster seed. If you have faith like a what? A monster seed, you will do what? You will say to the mountain, be thou moved, and it will be what? Will be moved. And so, for a very long time, we've been struggling to have a coconut-shaped, maybe seed faith kind of thing. But Jesus said, if we have it as small as it was, as a monster seed. Some years back, the senior pastor brought monster seeds to church. How many of us remember that? And he laid it in our hands. So, I, he, he laid it in our hands for the very first time, I for one, was seeing what a monster seed really looks like. And it taught me a lesson, if I have a seed, a faith rather, that small, Jesus in his own words was saying, you'll be able to move mountains. So, he was saying, if we have seed, faith rather, as small as a mustard seed, we will what? Move mountains. If you ever, if you're in church when those mustard seeds were in your hands, you will see that if you, if you hold your fist together, they can still roll off it, right? Am I correct? So, I had to wrap my own on a piece of paper, put it in my bag and in my wallet and take it home. Amen. So this evening, we're just going to look at what it means or it tells for a Christian to have a faith-filled thought or what our responsibility is on it this evening. Amen. So I'm going to first start with a simple analogy that I always use when I'm doing uh, any series or a talk about faith. But first, we're going to start from Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. I think Jude has just one, one verse, right? So it's good to say Jude 20. I think that's how it's best said. So Jude verse 20. So Jude verse 20. This is what Jude verse 20 says. And it says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your what? The most what? Holy feet. Building yourself upwards in the what? The most holy faith. So Jude speaking gives us an idea of what we can do with faith. Which means there is room to build up faith. There is room to build up faith like 
you know, the way you build a building. So we can start with the foundational part and then we gradually build what Jude calls your most holy faith, okay? Now let me start with this simple analogy. If you're in church just as we seated this morning, and this evening rather, and somebody did ask you, what is the color of the walls of the church? What would you say the color is? The color of these walls, what would we say they are? What? Okay, let's choose, you know, once it comes to color, we see differently. We also we see cream, lemon cream, there are different shades of cream. If you ask a lady now, she will tell you another name to what we are seeing now. So, because this, this thing they use in doing their eyes has so many colors that really look alike, amen? So when the ladies in my office are doing makeup, I usually wonder how they know the best one to pick, okay? So what's the color of this wall? Let's agree it's cream, right? Is it? Can we agree it's cream? So cream is the one that looks, sorry? Mustard cream. Custard cream or mustard. Lemon green. No. So if we, if we go on this issue of color, I'm sure we won't live here. Can somebody just give us a name which we'll stick with? Cream. So we stick with the word what? The color what? Cream. So the color of this building is what? Is cream. Do you agree it's cream? Okay. So if you, if after service you walk out of that door and you meet a stranger and then the stranger asks you what is the color of the wall? What would you naturally say is the color of the wall? So will you be lying if you say the color is what? Is cream? Will you be lying if you say it's cream? It's not cream, rather. So, so we agree the color is cream, yes or no? Yes. So if a stranger does ask us, what is the color of the wall in church? We'll agree is what? It's cream. Okay? So if the stranger tells you, no, I was in church, the color of the wall is green. Will you argue it or not? Will you argue it or not? Because you've been in church long enough to know that the color is what? Is cream. So we go out there, somebody tells us it is green. So if you tell me it's green, it's absolutely wrong. So I'm in a good position to say it is wrong and I can argue that with you, all right? Now let me ask you another question, another scenario. If after you leave church, just right at the door, you meet a man called Jesus. We've not seen him before, but for the sake of this teaching, we see a man called Jesus, and he's truly Jesus, the son of Christ. And Jesus asks you, what is the color of the wall? What will we answer Jesus? Cream, because the color is what? It's cream. Then Jesus tells us, no, the color of this wall is red. Now, I ask you a simple question. What is the color of the wall then? A simple question. Jesus tells you that the color is red. I ask you a question. Still outside, after Jesus has told you that the color of the wall is red, Jesus tells you the color is red. And then you meet somebody else. The person now asks you, apart from Jesus, you meet somebody and say, ah, your, your church, what's the color of the wall? What will you tell the person the color of the wall is? No, let's be real here. Don't, don't, don't form church here. What will you say? 
what will you say if you if you think you will if you will say the color is cream let me just see your hands up just wave it high wave it above your head if you still think the color is cream okay now if you will say to somebody else that the color is red let me see you wave your hands as well wave your hand very well because i'm going to ask you a question why you say so not the one we do when we raise they say why you keep your hands down amen so those that say the color you will tell somebody the color is red let me see your hands those are the ones i'm looking for now you can see the hands have all disappeared and tomorrow you will say the righteous is as bold as a lion so if you said you will say the color is red let me see your hands quickly quickly one two three four okay i'm coming back to you guys that raised your hands all right let me now do this so you that said to somebody else that the color is red Jesus have said the color is what is red but before you left the color was what now you walk back into church after all we know the difference between red and what cream are they resemblance themselves are they resemblance themselves no they are different colors and you walk into church again and then you still see that the color of the wall is cream I ask you again what really is the color of that wall? What is the mix? Bogus red or what does somebody call it? Somebody is already doing color mixture. Red and cream. Bogus red. So I ask you one more time. What then is the color of the wall? There's nothing I will not hear. Somebody is saying Jesus red. Jesus is red. So put it in quotes. So... So you walk back in and then you still see really that the color is cream. What will you say that the color of the wall is? So to some of us we've said cream, some of us we've said red. If you still say red, let me see your hands. Can I have the mic? Let's know why these people are saying that the color has now changed to red. So this color, you are telling me it is red. Let me see your hands up one more time. Now the hands are disappearing. All right. Those who are as bold as a lion want to. Can you give it to any of you that think is red, that wants to speak and tell us why you think that color is still red? Can we have volume? Is the mic on? Okay, somebody should help with the mic. Why don't you say what you need to say? I'll rebroadcast that. Because I have faith in Jesus. Because you have faith in Jesus. You believe in him. Jesus, I believe in Jesus and I know that he's the one that can see. <laughs> and he told me that he's red, so I believe in him. So because you believe in Jesus and you, he told you he's red means his word is red. So even when you can still see that his word is cream. All right, let's appreciate her. Let's appreciate her. So, this one is because you saw Jesus. So, what of the one you didn't see Jesus? You saw Pastor, like, Pastor is telling you Jesus said. Okay, let's have. Okay, if um, Jesus told me, if I was sure that that was Jesus telling me that it's red, then I would say it's red. But if I now come back and I'm seeing cream, I'll go have me Jesus. I say, Jesus, how far? 
I'm still seeing cream, but you're saying this thing is red. But it's cream now. For, at that point, I'll be kind of confused, you know. So, yeah. I won't, I won't know which one again. Amen. All right, let's celebrate her. Let's celebrate her for her contribution. So she's saying she will go back to Jesus, hoping that Jesus is still waiting for her at that door. Amen. All right, any other contribution? The reddish Jesus red people, let's hear them. Sister Shema, you're the one that said Jesus red, are Okay, new shade of red. Amen. Praise Please put Lord. it in the dictionary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, for me, um, I want to believe he knows colors and understand colors better than we do. Amen. Perhaps that is the name for this color. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, what she's saying that all this one we call it cream. Maybe in the real world, it's not even really cream. That in the real world, Jesus that made the rainbows is red. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate her for her contribution. God be praised. Alright, let's have Sister Maria. Okay, I, I, I did choose that um, it's cream. Cream, okay. But this is my own understanding. It's a fact that it is cream. But the truth is that it is red. And that sometimes what is a fact is the reality. But what is the truth is what God says it is. So there's a difference between facts and truths. You are sick, but the, that's a fact. But the truth, you are healed. That's the difference. That is why I will say facts are facts and truths are truths. So what you are saying is that you will still call it cream. Is that what you are saying? No, I will just simply believe. It may not be, it may be, you know, what is to the human but eye what will you? Different. What will you call it? it no, is, she, she said she will call it cream. So you it, call it, it cream, cream, right? It is cream. Whilst by believing. Fact, by believing that it is Jesus, you have said it is red. red it will do be, what red can do. All right. Amen. Let's celebrate her. Let's celebrate her. All right. Do we have any cream camp? Any? We've had two red camps. Cream camps. Say something. Robafemi wants to say something. So, Robafemi, you are on the cream camp, right? Yes. Okay. Let's take him then. Uh, what I see physically has manifested, and it's cream. Everybody can see that it is cream. Whether I met Jesus on the road, I will still tackle him that it's cream. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because I, my faith, my faith remain unchanged that it is cream. Cream. Hallelujah. Amen. The least you can do is to celebrate for our family. So he's the only one that can tackle Jesus. I will tackle him. I said, let's, let's have a conversation. This red, is it red, cream, cream, red? Hallelujah. Salah, did you want to say something before we delve in quickly? So we're still on the subject of a faith-filled thought. So the thoughts of your heart being filled with faith. Okay, let's hear you. Um, praise God. I agree with what Minister Maria said about the truth and the fact. But the part I don't agree with is if you say that um, red is the truth, what you say must tally with what you believe. So you can't say that you believe that it is cream. I mean, you confess that it is red. That's the truth. And then, because you see the fact, you now say that it is the fact is what is real. So... Um, if you say that red is the truth, your confession should tally with that. So red is it, red it is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's celebrate Sister Lyde. 
who have decided to be a correctional officer to Sister Minister Maria. So, Mr. Maria, you've heard the correctional officer. So he said, he's correcting you. The Lord help you in Jesus' name. All right, so now you see, we first started by saying, we're going to look at a faith word, feel thoughts. Remember I said, this faith is one of the elements that you require as a Christian. Now remember when the Bible says, faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. Let's do that again. Faith cometh by what? And hearing what? Let's do that one more time. Faith cometh by what? And hearing what? Now, when you first gave your life to Christ, did you have faith at that point? A simple question. Ma? When you first gave your life to Christ, did you have faith at that point? Measure of faith or faith, faith, faith. Did you have anything called faith at that point? Now, remember in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, multimedia, if you can help us. Romans 10 verse 10 is one of the scriptures that describes a new believer. And it did say, Romans 10 verse 10 said, For with the heart one believes unto what? Righteousness. Now this is him talking about when you first gave your life to this man called Jesus Christ, whom you have never seen before, but you have only heard with the hearing of the ears about his works. And it says, you heard from him with the heart, one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth, what is made, confession is made to what? Unto salvation. So when you say, Jesus Christ is Lord, you've not seen him, you've not met him, but with what you have heard, you've been convicted, and you confess it. And so the confession is done with the what? With the mouth. With the mouth, confession is what? Is made. Turn to somebody and say, you confess with the mouth. Now remember, on Sunday, Pastor Steve started by saying, a faith-filled thought. What is a thought? Anybody. A thought is what you have in your heart, right? So you can be thinking of something right as we speak now, and nobody knows, right? So sometimes somebody says something, and by the time he finishes saying it, and he finds out that that thing he said it was wrong, and then he starts apologizing, and that's why Yoruba people say the person Oti Jabo, Jabo, right? That's what they say. That's the slang. He Jabo, so the person Jabo, he said what was in. When you Jabo, what do you say? Is it what? Is it not what is in your heart? So usually when somebody says Jabo, is what he's thinking or what he has top much on his heart that he was that he says and so if we go then to Romans chapter 12 Romans chapter 12 I think verse 2 Romans chapter 12 verse 2 now we're going to learn something that really takes us to what we are saying now one of the nightmares I have is when it gets to the point where I have to renew my driver's license or international passport or all those renewals that gives you a lot of headache, right? So just assuming if your driver's license, let's even say your international passport expires, can you travel with an expired international passport? Can you? Can you? Even if your visa is up to 20, um, 20, 29, can you travel with your expired international passport? Can you? So when you go to the, interna to the passport office, what do you do in essence? Help me now. What do you do in essence? 
So you renew it so that you can be what? Be able to what? To travel. What then happens if after you renew it, as you are going to the airport, let's say you renew and you're almost at the airport, they tell you it has expired again. What do you do again? It means you have to... So what does it mean to keep... You know how difficult it will be to renew the passport every time. So if they say your passport that you are renewing will only last you for 10 hours. So it means before you travel, you do what? Go to the passport office, then do what? Go to the international airport, right? So if you take your, let's assume the normal system we have, you have your international passport for what? Renewal, right? So it is for renewal. Do you need to renew it per second? Do we need to renew it per second? No, we don't. So when you renew, it's called renewal, right? So you've had a renewed passport. Now let's read what the scripture says in Romans chapter 10, 12, verse 2. Now I want us to read together. One, two, go. And do not be conformed to the word, to this world, but be what? By the word. Now, look at the word renewing. Did it say renewal? You know, when you renew something, if something has been renewed, it stays for a while, right? Now, what did the scripture talk about? Did it say by the renewal of your mind? Renewal will have meant that if we have renewed it, it can last us for what? For a while. Is that correct? But it says by the word renewing. Renewing means what? So, if I, renew, if I renew it now, it means I have to do what again? Renew. Every second means what? Renewing. So it says, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the world. Renewal of the world of the mind. So it means there is something about the mind that requires to be what? Renewed for how long? Continuously. And what is he talking about? Is it, what did he say we should be renewing? A mind. So it means do not be conformed to the world. It means there is a way the world thinks and there's also the way we are supposed to what? To think as Christians. And said, so but be renewal of your mind and you may, that you may prove what is good and acceptable will of the Lord. Now, the subject of faith can never come until there is a speaking of what was said. You can never have the concept of faith except there is a speaking of what was said. Have that as mark number one. Number two, faith is not a general word. It is a kingdom word. I was having a class with someone. Somebody now said, unbelievers can have faith. Can unbelievers have faith? I tell you, unbelievers cannot, cannot have faith. Faith is predicated on God's word. If you think you can do something, what we have is self-motivation. So on what, God, whose word do you bank on? When we talk of faith, whose word do you bank on? God's word. So if God's word says, this place is red and you see cream. In the world, if it is red, if it's cream, it is what? It is cream. Do you understand? If God's word says it is red, it is not red if you, if you have to apply faith. It is red because God has seen the end. But it's not red until you say it is what? It is red. You can never have faith without confessing anything in this world. Amen. So let's have that at the back of our mind. That's where we are starting from. You can never have faith until you begin to confess something that you really want. 
If somebody, if pastor prays now that we are all going to be blessed, we are all going to be healed in the body, there is a responsibility that we have to speak and to confess it. That is what is called the confession. So the confession is what we're going to look at this evening. How it now differs. Can we confess? When you confess a word and it's still the same way it is, does it mean it has not changed? No. Because the Bible says, for we collect the things that are not as though they were, as though they are. So he said, you are calling the things that are not as if they were what? They are there. So if you come here and say this thing is what? Is red. It means it may not be there, but you are calling it fault. You can never have faith until we confess one or two things. Quickly, we're going to look at building up the most holy faith. How many of us have read this book, The Fourth Dimension? If you read the book by, is it Yonggi Chon? Fourth Dimension. It's a very nice book and it's going to spoil your Christian life as far as faith is concerned. Now, we're going to look at how it does apply to the world and why God said we should keep confessing God's word. That thing they said, confess it. There is a reason why we say it. It's not because we feel like saying it. There is a reason why we say it. So that it brings to life what has been already said. Now remember in the scripture, the Bible says, For in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and there was nothing that was made without him that was made. And the, in the beginning, in John chapter 1, it says, And the word became flesh. And so Jesus became the word of God. Now I'm going to give you two examples right now as we, as we continue. Now let's take a practical example now. Now, I just use the world to give you a practical example of what we face every day as Christians. If you come to church, you come to church on Sunday and we get our spirit get lifted up. Is it correct? And we have these words of the Lord, prophecies of God's word come to us. Now, let me ask you, I once said that Monday mornings is usually one of the most reality check you can ever have. If God said to you that this week he's going to bless you, and on Monday, you start your day on a bad note. What do you think has just happened? So, God has said on Sunday, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have the best week ever. Now, on Monday, and you have on just Monday morning, between 8 to 12, you had a very terrible day. What would be your impression of the rest of the week? What would be your impression of the rest of the week? It would be What? Now, but do you remember something was ever said concerning you on that week? So, then, how then do you now marry what was said to what you are facing? Now, it's important we learn this as Christians. You need to learn it. Just learn it. It works and it works well. That is the Christianity that we have. I think I was saying it the other two weeks that we had the anointing service. That pastor said we are in a week where... We have eyes that see, ears that heard, right? Remember? And they had that are receptive. Ever since then, up till today, there are things I do every morning. I confess those three words. I say before I do anything, before I leave my home, in my prayers, it's a confession I make. Every week, there must be a confession that is tied to God's word that I do. Every week. If you do it, you will see that in the face of challenges, you will have solace and peace that surpasses all understanding. And that is what the Bible says. You need to meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word doesn't necessarily mean reading the Bible all the time. 
It is what you meditate and repeat over and over again. That forms a picture in your heart that when you have issues, that picture or what you have said over and over again is going to come out of your mouth. So if you don't have a picture, you can only have a picture of what you have repeated. Somebody did say, in Green Jesus Academy, I'm going to paint an example. I think it was Pastor Steve's example. I really like it. Very many years ago. Now let me let me let's do this if i tell you something i tell you close your eyes but don't think of any black sheep just close your eyes let's practicalize everybody close your eyes close your eyes but don't think of a black sheep or a black dog or a black cat don't think of it just close your eyes for a second just for 15 seconds close your eyes all right open your eyes what did I say you shouldn't do? Now let me ask you, did you see a mental picture of a black sheep or dog? Why did it happen? I told you not to think of a black sheep. Why did you have a picture of a black sheep coming? Because I, what I keep saying was what? Black sheep. So what your heart, your eyes would see is what? Black sheep. So that is an example or the easiest way that faith works. You only have the continual mental picture of what you say. What if you say today, this week is going to be a very bad week? Trust me, as much as you wish for a good week saying this, the only mental picture that will come to your heart is what? It's a bad week. And that is why faith just comes from the elementary principle of what? Making a simple confession of what you want, irrespective of what, what you see. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we started this week by saying, a faith-filled thought. What did you make out of it? Having a faith-filled thought. Because the faith-filled thought comes from what we are thinking. And I really like the last run of word of that message. Remember, at some point he said, let's assume somebody, somebody is ill, the illness of the body. But let those who are weak say, I am what? I am strong. Now let's be fact. If you are weak, are you supposed to say you are strong? Are you supposed to say you are strong? Technically, ideally not. But if the scripture says, let the weak say, I am what? I am what? Strong. Now the question is, whose strength are you riding on? Already you are weak, is it not? But it says, let the weak say, I am what? I am strong. Who said originally that you are strong? Is it not the word of God? Because faith is predicated on God's living word. So the example we said that if Jesus says the color is what is red, he's not expecting you to see red. If Jesus tells you, you are, that thing is red, doesn't mean you walk in here and see red. The new believers, the new, new age Christianity requires a lot of faith. So if he says it's red and you come and you see cream, if you think and say, oh, it is cream, how, what is it? It's going to remain cream. That is why faith now says, let your heart be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. The mind clearly sees cream. But what does he say? He said it is what? It is red. Even if I see cream, I will still say it is what? It is red. Who told me to say red? 
Jesus, God says it is red. It will be at a point, there will be a manifestation of the word that was what? That was spoken. So faith doesn't actually mean that the thing is there, you say it the way it is. It, it, it means the thing is not there, but you say it the way he sees it. Amen. So how does God see it? It's not the same way, the way we, what we see it. Praise the name of the Lord. Now let's now start. As Christians, how do we exercise faith? How many of us have faith here? Let's even start that. If you have faith, you've, you've not... Before you raise your hand, let me finish the question. You have faith and you have exercised faith before and it has worked. Let me see your hands. You have faith and you've exercised faith before and it has worked. Just keep your hands up because I'm just going to point at somebody to tell us his own story. You've had faith before and you've exercised faith. Can we have somebody tell us an experience that you had faith? The thing didn't look at it as it, but you had faith and it became a reality. Can anybody share? Let's have Sister Maria. Praise the Lord. Now, this is important because usually what we do is, you know, when it gets to that point where you say, let God's will be done. How many of us have heard that word? You just say, let God's will be done. It is a moment that you finished the faith. There's nothing else but you're just what? Let just God's will be what? Be done. After all, it's in the scripture. So we hold on to it as a faith. In fact, that has led faith. It is now hope. Amen. Hope, that is hope. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I got married in 92 and I had my first son in 98. Which 92? 1992. 1992. Okay, some people were born that time. Just to... <laughs> And um, I was attending winners then, and I heard a voice, because I was busy crying, and I heard a voice say, go to church today, for God is going to answer you. So I left a note from my husband saying, the Holy Spirit told me to go to church on a Tuesday. So I went to church on a Tuesday, and I, there was a first service in the evening, afternoon. Then, I mean, it was a nice service, and then the next thing, Bishop Oedipo said, if you are believing God for the fruit of the womb, should stay. Now he prayed for us and <laughs> I saw my period immediately on that very day. And then immediately that, he, prayed. He, prayed, he prayed. He prayed. He actually prayed inside of me. He said, open your mouth and he prayed. Mm. And the thing is this, for the next four months, I was seeing my period. But I was seeing also that I was pregnant because I went to church on Sunday said, if I prayed for you and you saw blood, you are just seeing a deliverance. You are actually pregnant. The day I now, after four months, the day I went for my pregnancy test, I was still seeing my period. And my friend said, you know what? Just go for the pregnancy test. So what was running through your mind at that point? At that time, you know, when you're under pressure, mm. faith will come. Because mm. I was under a lot of pressure to have faith that this man of God has prayed and so it is. And to the glory of God, the test came out positive. And my stomach was still very flat. Up until when I went for a scan. And I was told, you are six months pregnant. My stomach is even bigger than that six months now. But there was a baby in there. And that was one of the greatest test of faith because I had to have faith because we're under a lot of pressure from family 
to do all sorts of things, you know. So my faith was very, very strong. I kept believing that, you know, I kept seeing the baby, the baby boy. I even named him Isaac. So you kept yes. seeing it. I kept seeing even when the even odds were the out. The odds were there. So why so from then what you saw is what your heart was speaking, right? Yes, what my heart was speaking. So I was under pressure because sometimes when you're under pressure, faith will come. And that was how after after seeing um, seeing that I was six months pregnant, I now prayed, Father, let this stomach show so that people will know I had this child. And I woke up the next day, boom, stomach was out. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you see, what, what, one of the things I need to, I'm trying to bring out is when God's word comes, the reality that negates it are going to fill everything around you. It's always, always, always that way. Immediately God's work comes, just take it for good. That the, neg the negative aspect, everything that negates that thing, are going to show off his face. But the question during that period is, what do you see? Because what we call it really is what is going to be. So we need to guide our heart. That is why the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. Diligence means you are conscious of what you are doing. It's not by mistake. If you mistakenly say, oh, this thing is cream. Diligence says, remember God said it is red. And you correct back yourself and say, because God says it's red, it is what? It is red. Let's celebrate her for that experience. Amen. Any other person? If you've had, okay, we have two hands. Now, these testimonies are going to help you who are saying to yourself, can it be faith? Can this be what I'm doing? Can I increase my faith? Because in this Christian race, trust me, if you cannot hold on to what is called faith, every word that God says will fall on unfertile ground. Even Jesus, the Bible says he went to a small city and he could not perform any miracle because of their words, unbelief. Because of their unbelief. If you don't believe it, even if Jesus will say it, it cannot really perform what he says he will do. Except he wants it to the honor of his name. But if you want it to the perfection of what God says, there must be an expression. Let's have brother... Okay, let's have sister Lydie then. You have the mic. Can we have the mic again? Praise God. I think my, um, one of my greatest tests of faith was my mom. She had an accident. And so I remember I was on IT. Um, I, normally I would pray every morning, but I remember that morning praying about safety. I, you know when you pray and then for some reason you are remembering a particular prayer point all through work. And then I got the call, and I think I went to master work, and then I heard that my, mom, my mom had an accident, and I went to the hospital. And then when I got there, and we, the doctor said that they would, um, so we had two, they gave us two choices. It's either they cut off the leg, because the leg was very bad, or we bring some ridiculous amount of money that we didn't have. And by the time it was evening, around nine, and we couldn't get the money, so they cut off the leg. And my auntie, out of pressure, was saying, maybe that will save her life. Maybe she just cut it off. And I was looking and saying, no, they're not going to cut my mom's leg off. Like, 
I don't have the money. I'm not going to pay the money tomorrow morning. But they won't cut off the leg. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. But I insisted that they were not going to cut off the leg. And I called my friends. I would start praying. We started confessing the word of God. I prayed. I prayed like I will not pray again. I, I went outside. Because people were crying. And my sister was crying. I left them. I went outside. sat down inside one gutter. Clean gutter. Like dry gutter. And I was confessing the word like I was praying. Say, God, um... I, I provoke the healing. I provoke the healing power of God on, on the cross on my mom's leg, and I kept on praying and praying and praying. And Manso was looking at me, she was telling me that, "Oh, this is your prayer. If by tomorrow morning nothing happens to this leg, your mom's leg will be dead. They will cut off the leg, and it will be your fault." And somewhere in my mind, there was fear. There was fear in my heart, but at the same time, there was peace in my heart. There was peace that I was confessing the word of God. And, and I, I got reminded that I prayed about it in the morning before I even knew anything was going to happen. And so somewhere in my heart I was afraid. Somewhere in my heart I also had peace. And they didn't, they didn't touch the leg until the next day. By the time they opened up the leg, what they expected was not what they saw. In fact, the surgeon was like, he needs to do a documentary of her leg to see how this happened. But the leg, they didn't have to cut off the leg. And all these cells they said they were going to die did not die. And we're able to raise the money we needed to raise. And they eventually cut off the leg. Hallelujah. But it was the greatest test ever. That night, greatest test ever. Amen. So maybe we can tag that the gutter experience. Amen. You said you started in the gutter, right? That is when you have to pray for something really hard, you can do the unimaginable. Now, before we go on, we have two hands. We're going to go to that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I need to show you something. And I need us to leave this place trying out something for the rest of this week. Hebrews 10, 23. Every day, try and get something that you can confess concerning your day. Don't start a day without a word of confession. Anything you want for that day, whether for your child, whether for your business, whether for your husband, whether for yourself, whether for your boss, profess it, confess it just the way it is written or having a backup from God's word. Declare and speak to every day. Any day you wish to. Don't leave the house without having your own word, your own say concerning any day. Any day, any matter. Today, I confess, I prophesy, and I declare that this day it shall be well with me. I shall be favored. Keep saying it. Say it the first time. Keep saying it the second time. Keep saying it the third time. It's a power of confession. It works. And when it starts working, you're not going to leave it. Usually, when I have my own devotion and I have a word strong in my heart, I confess it immediately. In fact, I put a reminder of that word three times before the end of that day. Lest I forget that word, my reminder on my phone reminds me, you are yet to confess this word. And once it comes, I keep confessing it. I keep confessing it. And that's how I run the day. Even if that day doesn't look like what you confess, just know that that day was what you confessed. The trick of the enemy is to show you that what you said doesn't match what you see. But the Bible says, him that is faithful, it says, let us hold fast. Let's give us the King James Version. Okay, the new King James Version. He said, let's hold fast our what? Let's hold fast the what? The confession of our faith. The King James Version says, the profession of our faith. Without what? Without wavering. It may not look like it. Just keep, you have no business thinking of that what? Just what? Keep saying it because God said it. 
It is not your place to bring that word to performance. The Bible says, for without wavering, for he is faithful that has what? Has pro-. You know the problem we have is we confess it thinking that we have responsibility to make it work. You cannot in the first place. So you, we have no responsibility to what? To make, we can't even, we don't even have the power. All what we are doing, we are saying it in alignment with what he said. He said, if you say a thing, and if two or three shall agree concerning a thing, it shall be what? It shall be, and uh, the way it is bound in heaven, it shall be also what? Bound on earth. But you need to agree. What is agreement? We agree. When you agree, can't, once you put into action what you agreed, you must put into action. It is not a place to make it work. If it's not working, stop wearing yourself out. Let's hold fast the profession. Give us the New King James Version. It says, let's hold fast the confession of our hope. For he is faithful that I have spoken and he alone will bring it to pass. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Okay, before we go to start Toyin's testimony of faith experience, let's have... Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I got born again um, 2010. So we tried uh, to make it fast yes, because we are really my final year in the, in the university, and um, that year I I, I stopped uh, doing the business I was doing. I had to go back uh, in the uh, during the I mean on weekend to go and make some money to assist myself in school. But that year I got born again. I stopped doing that thing because I really trusted God that God that has um, saw me through this period of. Uh, time that I've, I've been in the university to this to, to the final year, I want to trust you because I just uh, when I just got got born again, I just so trust God that God is going to see me through. So I realized that I wasn't doing well with my grade because going back to uh, do the business is affecting me. So I I trusted God and that same year, um, I, I was I, I was actually afraid to do to. Um, stop that business because there's no way I could pay my school fees. But that same year, God helped me. Somebody gave me some money to start a business within the school. That I, had, I, I, I paid somebody's school fees within that same year that I got born again. So it's, it never happened those periods I was, I was actually doing it by myself. Then another thing that happened that period was that my dad was, my dad was very, very sick. So those are the things that actually gave me a lot of confidence to this period when it comes to faith. So that, period, that same period, my dad was very sick, and um, they were calling me at home. I, I, I didn't want to go because that period, I just wanted, I just wanted to stay with Jesus. I, I was always in church, in fellowship. So I managed to go home, and I went to my dad. Dad, what is going on with you? He had one very bad, uh, one of his arms was very, very bad. So they've done a lot of things. They've, done, they've used uh, medical, I mean, what's it called now? Um, black, uh, my magic and all of that. They've used several things that didn't work. So I went to my dad. I said, dad, can I pray for you? He looked at me like, what is wrong with this one? A Muslim, because he knows that I was, in fact, when he took me to school, he handed me over to one Muslim, one imam like that, like that in my school. So when I said, dad, can I pray for you? He looked at me like, ah, is this one okay? Pray for me. I, I said, sir, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be what I will pray for you. I want to call my pastor in the school to pray for you. I've actually spoken with that, my pastor. And he said, okay, no problem. So then my pastor now called and said, Daddy, do you believe in the name of Jesus? He said, yes, if that is what is going to save him from this, wow. <laughs> so that's actually because I was actually afraid to go because going home, I'm, I know I'm in trouble. That 
I took you to school as a Muslim. You are coming back as a Christian. So I know I was in trouble when he was, when he was sick. So he didn't have any choice. He said, okay, I, uh, I agree. If that is what's going to save my life. So that pastor prayed for him. And within that week, the thing that he'd been struggling with for weeks, that they didn't get anything to, that, that, that could dry that thing up, it dried that same week. But actually, he went back as a Muslim. He's still, he's still, he's still a, I'm praying for him that God will change his heart. But that period, I, a lot of things happened. I was like, this can only be Jesus. Amen. You know, amen. 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 Now, this evening, this meeting is essential so that we exercise our faith. It, you, just go back and start from the little things. The things that you believe in God for, let's just start professing. Let's just start confessing it. Having in mind that the, neg- the, the, the negative thoughts are going to come from the enemy. That's why we started on Sunday by saying, a faith word, feel thoughts. So something must fill your heart. I remember, we're going to come to you now. I remember one time, we're coming, we're leaving church. It was one Wednesday evening like this. And we got home. And then my 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 wife's sister was at home taking care of the kid and my daughter was on the couch and so when they saw us when she saw us she wanted to stand up to greet us the baby was very small maybe like maybe a year old or thereabouts so she stood up to come to greet us and not knowing that the baby's head was on her laps so what we heard from the room i was in the room i just heard a loud noise something hitting the floor and that was apparently the baby's head hitting the ground that hard okay so the the baby started crying and you know when the baby cries the neighbors this kind of cry that you can't even shut the baby's mouth and all the rest so when the head of the baby hit the ground now let me ask you what thoughts is going to come to your head those thoughts also came to our head. Amen. So the all imaginable thought, the baby was crying, unconsolable. We're talking about almost 30 minutes. We didn't know what to do, whether to go to the hospital or the rest. We started calling, what do we do when the baby's head falls? As they were calling me, I was Googling. And we, you know, when you do all those things, you forget even God's word. And immediately, the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me and said, take this baby. And the, the story of Elisha came, was it Elijah or Elisha? Came to memory. That is why the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. Now, you can't have faith. You need to have a measure of God's word. It's not, faith is not the same thing as believing. The word says, believe you can do it. Believe you can make it. On What are they banking on? On self-belief. That the more you believe you can, what? You can attain it. Which really works. Trust me, it does work. But the word of God says, here faith comes by hearing and tying what you heard or what you are doing to what God said. Not what you think or you did. So I remember that I took the baby. This baby was kept crying. I shot the baby, just myself and the baby, and I prayed. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and as I was praying and praying, the peace of the Lord came to, my, to me that nothing is going to happen to the baby. And immediately I finished, I opened the door, took the baby, gave the mother. Trust me, at that point, he has not stopped crying. He was crying from the time, the same tempo of cry. She would cry when she fell. Was the same temple of crying during the prayers and when the word of God came. I carried the baby. She was still crying. The mother said, how far? Is she okay? I said, she's okay. But you know, the eyes, the face, if it's okay, she should stop crying. Is it not? But it's not stopping. And you are saying this word. Does it match? 
It doesn't match. It didn't match at all. But that is what, that's the piece that came to my mind that nothing is going to be wrong with the baby. So I handed over the baby to the mother and thank God they just started Barcelona match. So I sat down and did what, and I was watching the match. As I was watching the match, the baby was still crying in my background. And immediately one thought came to my head. What if this baby is crying because blood has spilled into her brain? That thought, I can never forget that thought. Did the word of God come some minutes before now? So don't think when your word of the Lord comes, the Bible says, for the devil will come. His own work is to what? Is to sow another seed. Those voices can be so loud. When Pastor Steve says, somebody was watching, somebody said, kill yourself. Those voices are real. And they are the voices of the enemy to negate God's spoken word. So if it's for me, what the technical or the natural thing to do, would it be to go to the hospital? But if God says it's okay, it's okay. Immediately I was watching, he said, what if blood spilled on the child's brain? And that is why that baby is still crying. Immediately as that word came, I, was, I looked back to see the baby and he was crying. And I remembered God's word. When God's word comes, what happens around doesn't really matter. They are only there to weaken your faith. There is something called a weak faith. So what you have to do is to counter that word with another word. No, the Bible says, God said, this baby is healed and so I believe. If he has spoken it, I believe it and that's what, and that settles it. And I sat and I was watching and as the voice of the crying baby slowly faded away, I was enjoying my match because there was, there was peace. That is how faith works. You must just speak something that concerns what God has said and negate every other word that you hear. Praise the name of the Lord. Just before we wrap up, we'll take one or two more. Romans chapter 4. It is ideal and important. I keep saying it. As Christians, you must exercise faith at some point. Every word that is spoken on this altar has its own potency. The word of the Lord is power. The Bible says it's quick and it's powerful. If you don't have money, it is not, it is not, it is not madness when Christians say, don't confess what you don't have. It's not, it's not it. It's because they've experienced it. You can't say what it is. It is only what God says. I don't have it now doesn't mean I wouldn't have it. After all, I'm not being measured by my own resources. Of a truth, I didn't even have anything. I'm only saying I have it based on what he has, not what I have. So we say it based on what heaven has to release. Romans 4 verse 1. Did I say 4 verse 19? Pardon me. And he said, be not, verse 19... Being not weak in faith, this is Abraham, and he did not consider his own what? His own body. That is already what? He's already dead. Neither did he consider the deadness of what? Sarah's womb. I'm always an advocate that for every faith that has, for every faith that have come true, that same faith have come true the mess of fear. The fact that you are fearful sometimes doesn't mean you really don't have faith. But what it means is during the period of fear, when you have succumbed to fear temporarily and you are out of faith, how much do you pick up your word again and pick up the word and go back to what God has said? So the fact that Abraham, I always say it, Abraham is a father of faith, isn't it? Is he not? If you ever read or have any discussion of faith, wouldn't you consider Abraham? He's the father of faith. 
But in that faithlessness that was accounted to him in this book of Romans, in the book of Hebrews, if you go back to the story, we still remember there were times that he also questioned God, didn't he? At some point he said, God, if it's actually you, make this promise, turn to it was a covenant. When you are questioning God, doesn't it mean you are a little bit weak in faith? It doesn't really mean weak in faith, but sometimes that the nature may come, but that doesn't mean afterwards you will not go back to say, okay, I know I have questioned God. I know I have done this. I know I have done that, but I'm still going to go back to God's word. You will only lose that faith if you lose your power and the taste to go back to God's word. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many more do we have? How many more? One hand, two hands, three hands. Are we learning something this evening? We live here becoming a better person. We are here to be transformed. The renewal of the mind is important. The spoken word is what is also very important. Let's always confess. Let's have Sister Tony. She's the next person. Praise God. Hallelujah. Many years ago, the first time I was going to travel out of the country, I wanted to go and study interior designs. And then I had paid part of my fees. It was time to get the visa. The visa kept... You know, then it was horrible trying to get SA visa. I was be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm leaving there at 10 o'clock at night every day for about three months. And then school had started. I needed to be out to go and do what I needed to do. So there was one day I was going to my university. There was something I needed to pick up from my university. So I was going to my university. Unfortunately, I can't remember the verse I was reading, but I was reading about Esther. And I remember that day being the 10th day of the 10th month or something. So the verse I was reading at that particular time talked about how it was the 10th day of the 10th month that Esther um, got favored. Okay. You know, that particular day. Then it occurred to me that that day was actually, the day that I was reading it actually was the 10th day of the 10th month. So I took it upon myself. I said, no, that it's not a coincidence that this is happening. Luckily, or maybe before then, somehow, somehow, I had gotten the telephone number of the, what they call them, the people that give visa, consular. I had gotten the, the telephone number. So I said to, so as I, was, as I read, read the verse, and I said, today is the 10th day of the 10th month. Something must happen today. And I just said that to God. And then, I got a nudging to just pick up my phone and send the man a text message. So I sent him a very long text message with all my details, everything, how I have to be in school, blah, 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 da, 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 da. and I left it and I just said, God, you have to prove yourself Amen. this 10th day of the 10th month. month. And then I went to the, my university, State University. So by the time I, I came back, by the time I got back, I was tired, but around 10 o'clock at night, I got a response from the consular that my visa was ready that I should come and pick it up the next day. So for me, that was like a huge step. step for me. It has never happened in that light before for me. So it was very, very huge. Praise the name of the Lord. Now that's, that's a practical example. I really love that example because when God's word comes, really it, it, it may just pop up in your heart. You are believing. I really remember sometimes when you pray, you pray and for you. Have you ever prayed and pray all the prayer finish? Has it happened? There's nothing else to no scripture again to just add nothing else. 
But in the place, we need to, that's why I always say, when we are really looking forward to God to do something, God takes us to that limit that only you must find rest within yourself to find another word that will help you. You must find that peaceful rest within yourself. Because the more you struggle, you're only going to struggle and your ears or your eyes won't be receptive. But with the time you get to a point of peace and rest, that still voice that was speak, speaking all the while is going to be amplified for you to hold on to what God is saying. Let's appreciate her for that testimony one more time. Now, it's, it, all this faith testimony, are they blessing any heart here? It must, it will bless your heart and it will spur you to know that people are really putting faith to work. Let's have Sister Shema and I will come back to you, Brother Mitchell. Okay, we have, um, okay, so we go this way and we go this way. All right. Okay. Yeah. You confess, you're confessing that you're rich. I'm a lender and not a borrower. Yes. And so then that same Christian goes. So is it the, the question is? So is this lack of faith to now go to Anita? So at least I'm very rich at this time. Can you borrow me twenty k? But I've confessed and I believe that I'm a lender. I'm not a borrower. So I've told myself I will not borrow because the word of God says mm. that I'm a lender and not a borrower. And I'm rich even when I'm poor. Amen. And I'm confessing it. So is it now a sin when I now? Because I really need that so twenty k. In church, saying I'm a rich, I'm rich, I'm, I'm not poor. I'm rich, I'm not poor. I will I'm be a lender, lender and not, and not a borrower. borrower. We all heard you, and then you now come and say, uh, 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 "Can you?" I'm very rich at the moment. Please, can you borrow me twenty k? Like, if you are rich, why are you asking for twenty k? Hallelujah, Amen. Did you hear our question? Do we have faith people to answer the question here? Thank God, I don't have to do anything, Amen. Yeah, um, all right, let's take his faith testimony. His faith testimony. Then we'll see how we can tackle our questions. So let's let me give you two minutes to do that. Is that okay? Well, I'll try quickly. Don't try. Yeah, Just um, two minutes. Uh, the last baby we had. Yeah, yes. my wife has a history of giving birth, you know. And this one, hmm. we got to the consultant. He said the man that is so much, the highly rated consultant. He looked at my wife's scan. He said, ah. I said, I said, what? If that one even created fear in my mind, how much more the, the woman? But I said, okay, nonetheless, can you come for the CS the third day? Okay. I said, nice. But he recommended that we should go for a scan another place. We went and we brought the results. So we came to the hospital that very day. And... Um, a day before, I started receiving messages from, you know, sister, uncle, that, ah, you know, you are very stubborn. Each time your wife wants to give birth, you do it alone. And you know that your wife gives birth by CS all the time. And you know, this one is a mistake. Oh. Your last time birth was 10 years. Your wife is very, very old now. This one, don't do it alone. Tell the mama, tell the mom, don't do it, this one alone. This is red. I had those words coming from reliable sources. You know, that people that when they tell you something. Reliable sources. Uh, when they tell you something, you know, hmm, don't go near it. But you know, I said to myself that, what option do I have? Those are the voices they have spoken. But as for me, the, the other time I did what they asked me to do, we lost that baby. I said, I will still do what I have done that have given me two babies. 
I will go alone and make sure this woman went to theater and she's going to call. No matter what the messages are saying, I will still go alone. And I did. So, the very day that she was, I mean, arranged for CS10 for that day, the first person that they took to the theater, it was a first timer. The guy was panicking. Hey, I said, hey, calm down. This thing, CS is just, well, I beg, in 45 minutes, your wife will be out. Just take it easy. The guy now drew courage for my encouragement. And after 45 minutes, <laughs> they brought the wife out. I said, yes. So now my turn. The consultant that they brought in for that particular type of operation did not come until 3 p.m. So the theater was left open from 10 a.m. to That was enough anxiety in the hospital. Because everybody, even the cleaner, knew that was a problem. Because the man, when he comes to that hospital, he charges per dollar. So they must keep the theater open for her. Because if he comes and the theater is not open, they will still pay her. So they left the theater open for that long period of the time. And eventually, he came around 3 p.m. and they took my wife to the theater. The first thing he did was to say, okay, look at the, all the procedure they are done and cancel it. Can you wrap it up quick? Yes. Canceled it and that was the, how the journey began. Sir, we did 3, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. It was a total war. Voices were coming. That, you see, Shebi, we told you yeah. that um, don't do this thing alone. It was red. See what you have done now. But I keep on saying that it is not true. That that sickness, that theater is not unto death. Amen. I held on to it. I was smiling on through. I didn't even know each time they call me to go and buy drugs. I didn't know that minimum of 10 people were following me everywhere in the, in the hospital. Even the woman who was in the theater, who cleans blood, came out, I was shaking like this. At the story had been told here. Dr. Comrade had to come to the scene, came around 6 p.m., was wondering why my wife was still doing the theater. So all the time, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., I was, all these voices I've heard, uh, this red door, what things I was having, but I was holding on that this woman will come out of the theater. Even though at the time she was there for 30 minutes and there was no life. But the word that I held on to kept Amen. giving that woman life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's celebrate him. Abraham Mitchell will come to you, but let's quickly, for the sake of time, let's quickly pick up um, Sister Shema's question. So, Sister Shema is saying she's in church, she's confessing, professing to everyone that I will be a lender, not a borrower, according to the scriptures. I shall be rich and not be poor. And then, really, she really has need. And so, she comes to you with a please give me a loan of 20k. But I'm not a, I'm rich, you know, I'm rich, but I just need 20K. So how do we address, or, so what was the question? So is that lack of faith? Is there anything wrong in that? We are the faith ministers. Please help her here. It's lack of faith. Some people are saying it's lack of faith. Anybody help us? Bra Collins, you are here, Minister Collins. So she's saying the fact that you are asking somebody for something, does it mean you are lacking faith? Does that mean you are lacking faith? If you think it's a lack of faith, let me just see your hands up as we... If you think lack of faith, so you, if you say you will not borrow, means you must not borrow. Yes? 
that is wrong for her to, uh, to you know, ask for um, a, a help. Because the Bible also says you should ask. And if you seek, and what? You shall find. Right? So the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. So she's a period where she's asking and while she's... Uh, so she's tying that to scripture. I will not borrow. I will not borrow because the Lord shall supply all my needs. But can you help me with 20K? Because the Bible says I shall ask and it shall be given. For he has commanded the riches of the hidden that I will collect the riches of the hidden. Amen. Amen. Do I have a witness there? You want to say something? Okay, let's hear. So this is a practical example, really. So you are confessing the words, but it's not matching up. But you need to go to help. In, in fact, the only people that can help you is those people you have been boasting about this scripture with. Let's hear you. Balumi. Good evening, everybody. I don't think it's wrong because I believe that God will use man to help you. Mm. And he will use people around you. So asking from someone that you think that might help you, from my own opinion, I don't think it's a wrong so or lack of faith. faith. Amen. Let's celebrate our for our contribution. All right, there's a hand here. Good evening. Good evening. I feel um, if you have faith and you believe in God, it's not up to, it's not what, until when you ask that God will supply your need. Because it's just that sometimes we are impatient. Yes, God will use people to help you. All, God, all you need to do is have your faith and keep on praying. God might just show your picture or say something to somebody that is going to help you that Sister Shema needs 20,000. And you'll be so surprised that the person can just walk up to you and say, I just feel like blessing you and bless you with 20,000. Praise the Lord. Any other person? Sorry. Quickly. Does that mean it's a lack of faith? Let's hear yeah, you. Pastor, I think uh, the question is, if probably you are looking forward to a project, you are asking for specific provision. I mean, that is time bound, and um, it's looking like it's not going to come through. Then anxiety comes in. Then you say, Ah, let me go and borrow. I mean, if that's the question, and I said at that particular point in time, the enemy will begin to tempt you. So you need to hold on to it very well because his word will not fail. Amen. Once you have spoken it and you believe it, it will come to pass. How it will happen, like you said, it's not your business, it will just come to pass. Hallelujah. I think I like his angle, which means there are some things you can do out of fear and out of, you know, you can go quickly out of desperation, out of fear to do something. You can also act on the point of waiting. That is different, which we are going to come to. Any other person? We're going to wrap this up. Let's have Brad Mitchell. You give us, just answer the question. Okay. The question, I want to share my own. Uh... Okay, you're going to, we're going to come to your experience. Trust me, we're going to come, we're going to wrap up with that. So let's, let's just tackle Sister Shema's question. Sister Shema is asking, if I'm going through something, I'm professing something, I'm confessing something, do I have to, I understand my time is up, so we may just have to wrap this up. So does that mean it's a lack of faith? Does that mean it's a lack of faith? It doesn't mean it's a lack of faith. Because you are going to go through 
trial period. That is why Job in Job 14 verse 14 says, If a man dies, shall he live again? All of the days of a man is appointed, for I will yet wait until my what? Until my change comes. I can still come to you, but I still have my word still intact. That doesn't mean the word of the Lord is not powerful. I can come to you for a sustenance, but that doesn't mean I have totally depend on you for what you need to give me for the rest of my life. God's word is still up there, and God's word, God really still cherishes his word forever. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed this evening? Amen. Let's celebrate God for his word. Let's celebrate God for his word. Alright, we need to bring this to a close. I'm very sorry, Brother Mitchell. My, I've been signaled. The time is up. I'm sure we have some other things lined up. Have you been blessed? I just want us to leave here remind, reminding ourselves that God's word is potent. We must act the faith by a true confession of God's word. Praise the name of the Lord. 